Inflation is a disease. It's a dangerous disease for a society. It is sometimes a fatal disease for a society. It's a disease that if allowed to rage unchecked can destroy a society. And we have many such examples. That was Milton Friedman, and this is Freedom's Call. Let freedom Welcome to Freedom's Call. And now, here's your host, Brett Sterling. Thank you for joining us here on Freedom's Call on KEYK Key Radio 89.3 Lake of the Ozarks. I'm your host, Brett Sterling, for this week uh, and every week. And uh, really appreciate you being here today. If you want to interact with the show, please uh, email us at freedomscall89.3 at gmail.com. That's F R E E D O M S. C-A-L-L 89.3 at gmail.com. Well, those were definitely wise words from uh, Milton Friedman, who was uh, definitely a, a, a hero of mine, just an incredibly smart person uh, that, that could take very complex concepts and explain them in pretty straightforward, easy to understand, clear uh, language, so uh, definitely a blessing for uh, for American America tr- American treasure. And he was speaking of in in that clip um, about inflation, and we are seeing that uh, you know inflation really escalating here now now to annualized five point four percent and rising faster than what wages are, uh, and so that's when we have the the overall price of goods and services, and that's what inflation is, you know, riding, uh, right, rising high, uh, faster than what uh, wage growth is, then each dollar can buy fewer goods. And so we have a loss of purchasing power here from, uh, you know, for the consumer. And this is a, this is a very, very punitive, it's a hidden tax on all individuals and it actually hits lower income individuals more harshly and has a bigger impact on on their uh, livelihoods than it does in high income earners so uh, it's it's extremely uh, troubling that we're having this type of uh, inflation but it is no uh, it's no surprise you know with the with the profligate spending spree that the American government has been on the US government's been on for well, decades, but really has accelerated here in the last uh, in the last twenty months, as we'll cover here in just a couple minutes. Now, let's um, first, in order to sell this latest um, three point five trillion dollar infrastructure, or I'll call it the not infrastructure bill, uh, Joe Biden has been traveling to different uh, parts of the country in order to tout its. Uh, uh, you know how fantastic this bill is. So we'll go to cut one here, and here is President Joe Biden. Raising the debt limit comes down to paying what we already owe, what has already been acquired, not anything new. It starts with the simple truth. The United States is a nation that pays its bills and always has. From its inception, we have never defaulted. What we pay for, so it keeps us a great nation. Social Security benefits for seniors, salaries for brave service members, and benefits for veterans, and other financial obligations for our people and for our nation. 
We're able to meet these obligations based on the revenue we receive from taxes and based on our ability to borrow what when needed. Okay, let's address that here for a second. Um, so first off, that uh, you know, raising the debt limit is uh, to pay for to allow for money that we've already spent. Uh, you know, that's demonstrably false. Uh, that is just demonstrably false. Uh, let's let's kind of put it in a in a, uh, a, a uh, some language that all of us can kind of understand. Let's, so let's say you know I have a credit card, and let's just say I don't know it has a five thousand dollar credit limit, for instance. Now, I'm able to pay my monthly interest charges, so I'm keeping up with that. I'm not defaulting. If I go and I approach the credit card company for a credit limit increase, it's not for the spending I've already incurred, not for the spending I've already done. It's for the spending I want to do because I am covering the spending that I've already, that I've already done, and that's keeping me under the credit limit because I am paying my interest payment and not charging anymore, and my balance is not going above that $5,000 credit limit. So it's, it's not about what we've already spent. It's not about what I've already spent possibly in my own life. It's about what I plan to spend or what I want to spend money on. The national debt limit is exactly the same. So this is just complete and total nonsense um, that is – that. Uh, that Joe Biden is, is telling us that this is, has to do with previous spending. That's not the case whatsoever. And so the second thing is, is that we, are, we have to raise the debt limit because otherwise we're going to default on the debt. And that is not the case either. You, you don't go in default as long as you um, pay your interest payments. We're able to pay our interest payments. Interest payments are somewhere around an average around $47 billion a month. I mean, it's a massive amount, but the federal government takes in well in excess of that, as we'll review here in just a couple minutes. So the, the, we're, we're not going to, to go into default on our national debt. We haven't because we've always kept up with interest payments, and uh, that's, that, that will continue whether the, uh, whether the debt limit is raised or not. Now, the U.S. always pays the, its bills. That's a little bit of, I mean, it's difficult not to laugh um, whenever we hear that. I mean, if that was the case, we would not be $30 trillion in debt. And this is the fault of both parties, Republican and Democrat, every single Congress, every single president with the um, with the. Uh, um, the exception of Calvin Coolidge uh, has grown government, and uh, so so it's, this isn't this is not a, a partisan thing. It's just an, it's a it's a mathematical thing, and it's it's just an absolute travesty that they that the federal government continues to commit fiscal child abuse um, against our children and generations yet unborn. But to say that the that the United States always pays its bills whenever it can't do that without going into more debt is just nonsensical and it's just not correct. So um, let's hear a little bit more. Let's go to cut to Mr. Producer. We're able to borrow because we always pay our debt. We always paid what we owe. We've never failed. That's America. That's who we are. That's what's called for. It's called full faith and credit of the United States. 
It's rock solid. It's the best in the world. But here's the deal. There's a cap on what we can borrow called the debt limit. And only Congress can raise or lower that debt limit. So let me be really clear. This is really important to know. Raising the debt limit is about paying off our old debts. There's nothing to do with any new spending being considered. Now, our credit is rock solid. Well, I mean, we've been we've been downgraded. Um, and so it's not exactly rock solid. It's not rock solid because, you know, we have a, a 17 trillion dollar economy and we have 30 trillion dollars in debt. And we'll review, you know, how much we've gone in debt here for the last uh, two fiscal years, which is just absolutely it's it's just absolutely incredible. And so this full faith and credit, yes, that is an obligation in the Constitution to uh, that the federal government that you know has to um, that the that the executive is responsible for making sure and guaranteeing the full faith and credit of the federal government. But you know we are going into comic book number territory here to where uh, no no country's ever spent the, this amount of money. Uh, you know, in this short a period of time. So, you know, our full faith and credit is definitely on the uh, definitely on the ropes and definitely in question. Let's continue here a little bit further here with cut three. There's nothing to do with my plan for infrastructure or building back better. Zero, zero, both of which I might add are paid for. So if we're going to make good on what's already been approved by previous congresses, and previous presidents and parties, we have to pay for it. Social Security benefits, American people are promised, salaries for servicemen and women, benefits for veterans. We're going to have to raise the debt limit if we're going to meet those obligations. Okay, you know, we've, we've covered that here just a couple minutes ago. I mean, it's this is about what you plan to spend. It's not about you don't ask for a credit increase on your credit card for to, to finance what you've already what you've already purchased, the spending you've already done. If you did not have, if you did not have that, um, you know, the available credit on your credit card, you wouldn't have been able to spend that money to begin with. So the the the, the statement that this is about money that we've already spent is demonstrably false, and it's just, I, I mean, it's just a lie. So let's go on here. Uh, let's hear a little bit more here on cut four. And raising the debt limit is usually a bipartisan undertaking, and it should be. That's what is not happening today. Okay, so this uh, this uh, Biden Bernie budget is three point five you know trillion dollars the the not infrastructure bill on top of the one point two trillion dollars that's uh, that uh, has has already been a um, is already moving through Congress. So you have about four point seven trillion dollars of spending here. So there you've heard that, that this is going to cost zero. You're we're going to spend. You know, three point five trillion plus one point two trillion, so four point seven trillion dollars in additional spending, and it's going to cost zero. I mean, that doesn't even make any sense. Uh, you know, it, it's they say they say it's completely paid for, and those numbers just don't work out. It's it's not in the CBO projections. There are there is there aren't any there aren't any projections where that is actually demonstrably true. So it's just again just an absolute complete and total fabrication. Um, let's go on to let's see where are we? I guess uh, let's go to cut five. 
The reason we have to raise the debt limit is in part because of the reckless tax and spending policies under the previous Trump administration. In four years, they incurred, they incurred nearly $8 trillion. In four years, $8 trillion in additional debt. In bills, we have to now pay off. That's more than a quarter of the entire debt incurred now outstanding after more than 200 years. And Republicans in Congress raised the debt three times when Donald Trump was president and each time with Democrat support. But now they won't raise it, even though they're responsible for more than eight trillion dollars in bills incurred in four years under the previous administration. That's what we'd be paying off. They won't raise it, even though defaulting on the debt would lead to a self-inflicted wound that takes our economy over a cliff and risks jobs and retirement savings, Social Security benefits, salaries for service members, benefits for veterans, and so much more. A failure to raise a debt limit will call into question Congress's willingness to meet our obligations that we've already incurred. Not new ones, we've already incurred. Okay, well, no, we're not. Um, you Social Security, you know, whether the government's open or not, we get, I get Social Security taken out of my Social Security taxes taken out of my check each each month or each week, excuse me, and my employer pays the equal amount, the equal share into Social Security, and you know for their contribution, seven point six five percent I think for uh, for myself and my employer. So you know, fit what fifteen point four percent of of my pay goes to Social Security and it's withheld. So the I mean, Social Security continues to be funded. Now, there's supposed to be a Social Security trust fund, but it's, there's, no, there's no trust fund there because the federal government spent all that money. It's, a, it's full of IOUs. You know, if you go back and you think about the, uh, if you've ever seen the movie Dumb and Dumber, you know, whenever they opened up the briefcase and, you know, it was filled with, I don't know, half a million dollars, however much money it was, and you open it up and all these IOUs start flying out. You know, $275,000 for a Ferrari. You know, you might want to hang on to that. You know, that's what this Social Security Trust Fund is. It's a pile of IOUs because the government, you know, has, has spent that money. It goes to general revenue. You know, we're told that there is a an, an account. There's a little corner of that of the of the Federal Reserve vault that says Brett Sterling on it, and it has all the my contributions for Social Security, all my employers' contributions for Social Security, just sitting there, just waiting for me to draw it when I get old or get older. Well, no, it's not there because the federal government has spent it all, but. You know, this is a the biggest Ponzi scheme. Social Security is the biggest Ponzi scheme in, on on the planet because we're using current contributions from people who are working now to pay benefits for people um, who have who have retired and and, and really incurred those uh, obligations uh, previously. So, you know, there. So that so that's a hundred percent false. You know, Medicare. Spending on uh, defense to pay our uh, soldiers, uh, the interest payments. I mean, all this, all all that spending is statute is in state is is in federal statute. It's statutory spending. 
we have we take in enough money on a monthly basis in order to make all those obligations so that's what he's saying is 100 percent not true but this is the game that they play all the time and republicans have done it as well you know that you're going to starve grandma you know you're going to toss you know grandma off the cliff she's going to have to eat dog food or whatever you know because you're going to shut down the government and you're not going to uh, increase the spending limit demonstrably false Total political hyperbole means nothing whatsoever. Total lie. So then when we talk about, you know, possibly, you know, we've averted a government shutdown, which, you know, I think it's not it's not a problem. I mean, there were several private businesses that were shut down uh, by the government in 2020. So I think, you know, maybe the federal government should have a little bit of skin in the game here, too, and they should shut down and they should go out without paychecks for a little while and just kind of see how the rest of us uh, survived and how how enjoyable that was for this last year. But whenever they talk about a government shutdown, it's only non-essential employees that are furloughed and they are always paid they always get their back pay they haven't lost any money whatsoever which is something again that you know we don't have the luxury of in the private sector if you shut down guess what you there's no paycheck so you know and this kind of like begs the whole entire um, question that if we do have non-essential federal government employees that we the taxpayers are paying for um, maybe they don't need to be there whenever the government is open, when the government's not shut down. You know, that's maybe something to think about. But even in a government shutdown, you look, 83% of the government is still open, approximately. That's according to Paul Ryan, um, whenever he actually used to uh, to talk to uh, to uh, conservatives and, and, and used to trumpet limited government pro-constitution type positions, at least anyway. Now, and it's interesting that each agency can go through and they can determine who is an essential employee and who's non-essential. So if, I mean, theoretically, um, an, an agency could go through and say, you know what, 99% of our people are essential. And so 99% of the people would still work, you know, work through the government shutdown, be paid just like nothing happened. And you know, for the for the few people, say the you know the seventeen percent of the people who would be laid off, be furloughed, they would get all their money back. They would not miss a dime. So it's just absolutely just it's it's asinine to even to 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 be here. And you know, I would think you know that I mean the government, federal government, pretty much shuts down at five p.m. every every day, shut down on the weekends, and you know I think life kind of goes on. So I say. Go ahead and just let it shut down, and let the uh, let some federal government employees, you know, feel what we have in the private sector, and go without uh, paychecks for a while. So, you know, uh, fair is fair. You know, we're talking about equity. We're talking about equality and e- equal equal outcomes. So maybe it's time for the federal government and government employees to have equal outcomes to what we had in the uh, in the in the private sector. So. Anyway, well, when we come back, we're going to take a quick quick break here. And when we come back, we're going to uh, move on. We're going to discuss um, a couple other things on China and Taiwan. Uh, this is a, a huge news story that I don't think is getting quite as much play, but we're going to discuss that when we come back here on Freedom's Call on Key Radio, KEYK 89.3, Lake of the Ozarks.
This message from conventionsofstates.com will scare the heck out of the career politicians that need to go home and retire. Nine senators and congressmen have occupied their seats for over 40 years, but there is a remedy. The solution lies in the power of the people. According to Article 5 of the Constitution, the people possess the power to call a convention of states to amend the Constitution and limit the power and jurisdiction of the federal government, impose fiscal restraints, and place term limits on federal officials. Basically, it's simple. 34 states are needed to call a convention, and 38 states are enough to ratify the amendments proposed. This convention of states is the last and most effective option left. It's the only way our voices can be heard. It's time we start screaming together. We need to secure our future and the future of our children. Join the movement. For more information, visit conventionofstates.com. You're listening to Freedom's Call on Key Radio, 89.3 Lake of the Ozarks. And now, here's your host, Brett Sterling. Welcome back to Freedom's Call on Key Radio, K-E-Y-K, 89.3 Lake of the Ozarks. Um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we had discussed uh, the the looming ramifications of, of uh, Joe Biden's surrender in Afghanistan. And, you know, we're just about uh, 30 days out from that, I guess, probably about 40 days out from that now. And you're already starting to see some um, some some very troubling uh, moves uh, from one of our adversaries, which is China. And so there was a, uh, a, a report here, and this is from the Washington Post. The headline shows says, uh, China warns United States over reports that American forces are stationed in Taiwan. Now, if you haven't been following uh, this, this story, China has rapidly expanded its uh, uh, what it considers as territorial waters into the South China Sea, where it would build basically islands out in the South China Sea, and then it would annex those, it would say that's part of, of China's territory, you know, under international law that it would expand its, uh, its share, its territory in the South China Sea. Basically, I believe it's 12 miles out from uh, uh, the country's mainland is where it's considered to be uh, territorial waters of that of that country. So, you know, as we as China would build these artificial islands out there in the South China Sea, that would just expand um, their their territory uh, and their territorial waters, um, you know, further away from the mainland. So that's the kind of the trick that they've been pulling here. So. We'll zip forward here a little bit later in the article. It says, China, angered by growing international sympathy and support for Taiwan from the United States and its allies, has escalated its military aggression toward the island. Now, some might question, you know, exactly what, you know, is this really in the United States, you know, best interest to defend Taiwan? Taiwan is the world's leading producer of computer chips. Over 90% of the computer chips in the world are produced in Taiwan. So that makes it pretty uh, critical to our security. We also have a, uh, a security agreement with Taiwan where we have pledged that we will defend Taiwan against uh, aggression. So by our defense agreement, you know, that puts us in a direct confl- conflict with China. And, you know, China obviously is a nuclear power and they're committed to clobbering us. 
uh, you know, Taiwan is essential to our security, and it's a very, uh, you know, um, tenuous situation that we're in here right now, and one that I think it had, was was emboldened has emboldened China uh, after seeing how we how uh, Joe Biden chose to surrender in um, in Afghanistan still leaving Americans behind their American school children and a couple of different uh, school systems from out in California. You know, we've been told that it's been, been down at, you know, between 100 and 200 for the past uh, 45 days. And that's as uh, evacuation flights can continue to come out of Afghanistan. So if that number's not changing of American uh, Americans, you know, left behind in t- basically in Taliban controlled territory, you know, it kind of begs the question, who is on these flights and why aren't we doing everything we can to get Americans out? Why are we pulling other other people out of Afghanistan and not Americans? So um, just a total a total mess, uh, a train wreck of foreign policy and pretty much in line with, uh, you know, Joe Biden's uh, 47 year history of being wrong on every major uh, foreign policy issue. And that uh, is coming straight from uh, Robert Gates. So we'll see what happens. So, um, well, we're going to to uh, to uh, to take a to take our bomb in the hour break here. And when we come back, we are going to be joined by Representative Susie Pollack. And we're going to discuss uh, some vaccine mandates and um, issues uh, associated with that. So we'll see you here in just a few minutes. On the other side of the break on Freedom's Call here on KEYK Key Radio 89.3 Lake of the Ozarks. <laughs> 